Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back to the Paddling Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessories, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. And the 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the 153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Reel Down on Paddling Finn. Uh, uh, this is Dan. If you, if you don't know who I am, I'm filling in for Jimmy and I. Uh, how you doing, Drew? I'm doing good. So I'm I'm like the new Dan, and you're the the old Jimmy. I don't know what's going on tonight, yeah, but you're, you're the upgraded Dan, and I'm the <laughs> I'm the even Jimmy. Yeah. I don't know about that, but you're in a familiar familiar place, and obviously you and I have done several shows together. So I'm pumped, man, to hang out with you tonight and, and let's get into a really cool show and just talk about some, some tournament stuff. Be good, man. I, I appreciate it. And uh, congratulations on bringing your new show river bass into to paddling fin and being on here. If I haven't got sad already, congrats, man. It's very cool having you a part of the family. Thanks, man. And uh, actually speaking of that, you know, it's, it's probably going to be September before Ken and I get the first river bass episode. We're kind of trying to get all our ducks in a row and reset that that podcast and get back to river fishing specific tips and tactics and guests like that. So this is where we're going to talk tournament stuff for all those folks that were sick and tired of me and Ken talking about, you know, Dr. Noise, noise Water, as we call them on, on the podcast, yeah. but talking about our tournament stuff. And then, um, but we, we still will reference tournaments, of course, because I do fish a lot of rivers and creeks in tournaments and I'll learn things. So we'll reference them and then we'll, We'll get back to the tips and tactics, which is what I know a lot of people love to listen for because you, you probably want to learn more, which today, you know, which is one of the things I like to do on, on this show is, is probe our guests to try to learn something, get some juice out of them so that you guys listening can become better anglers, whether you love to fish tournaments or just fun fish. Who doesn't want to catch more and bigger fish, right? So that's, that's right. what I'm going to try to do, do tonight to our guests. I've been fishing with a lot of uh... – uh, a lot of people myself, you know, river people myself this year, and yeah, y'all kind of got the the river bug in me. So I'm I'm I've always listened to your show, but I'll definitely be like listening a little bit more more intensely now than what I was was before. Because I, I, I came from the boat side, I've always been a lake guy, but I've seen the power of the creeks, and yeah, y'all, yeah, y'all actually oh, have it. for sure, man. Hey, uh, here's something I didn't tell you about too. I'm gonna. I'm going to pull this up and share my screen with you because it's something we should, we should talk about anyway, but selfishly, I want to, 
I want to pull this up. Rivers and Creeks. Speaking of Rivers and Creeks, the last tournament I fished was on the Susquehanna. And I don't know if you can see that, if you can if you can share that or, or not. There we go. So let's let's real quick. I was going to tell you the, uh, the the Hobie Angler of the Year, the Far Wide Angler of the Year standings are up. And uh, there we go. And I made it up to second, dude. Look at that. I like it. Pretty cool. Boy so, Wonder in first, Ewing Minor. Ewing Minor. Brian Howell. Jordan Marshall, Kurt Smiths, Jody Queen, Brian Cohn. Got a lot of Ohio guys in the top 10 here. Jay Wallen, Guillermo, Adam Reiser. I mean, Catherine Field up there. Yeah, there we go. Brian Delonte, Matt Ball. I like to just go off and list a lot of names. You know, Jackson's in there, Christine. All these people still have a shot at this AOI. Broach, Scotch. I mean, there's Francis Tran, Lambert, Zach Hall. Anyway. I always like to get as many names in there as I can because honestly, man, I really feel like we should be uplifting everybody in the sport, not uh, not pushing each other down. Let's uplift all the kayak anglers. We had a lot of talk lately about Ike and his big win, and is he going to be the face of kayak fishing? Is he turning into the face, and how come the kayak anglers aren't the face? But, man, I like to talk about all these kayak anglers. It's obviously nice when, when there's an AOI update, and I happen to be you know obviously up there. But if you see me posting on social media and talking – uh, about you know this tournament scene, you'll probably notice if anybody uh, follows me, I'm trying to mention as many names as I can, and it doesn't matter to me if we have shared sponsorships or not. It, to me, it's about uplifting everybody in the sport, all the kayak anglers, and not not getting into the politics and the drama that you know that can sometimes happen in in sports and and with with different athletes or anglers who are sponsored. Well, you're sponsored by them, so I can't talk about you. Those are all incredible anglers, incredible sticks. Any one of them can win this Angler of the Year. So congrats to all you guys on that list. And congrats especially to Ewing Minor, who is having the best season I've ever seen on the Hobie yeah. Bass Open Series. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm having a good year. To, a, a second, third, and a fourth are my best three. And my goodness, he's got like, I believe, two seconds, a first. And he's made up a whole point on decimals, which is a big, big bass of a tournament or a big stringer for a day of the tournament. So amazing, amazing season. And he's still going to fish two more. So I'm only doing one more to do five total. But anyway, congrats to all you guys out there um, on the latest update. And of course, Jody queen for taking the win on the yep. Susquehanna back to back. So good job. Hell of an angler. Yep. Well, speaking of uplifting anglers, let's go ahead and bring on uh, our guest tonight. Uh, tonight we have the Tennessee Bass Nation kayak series state champion. Uh, his name is Chris Walters, and we have the tournament director, Steve Owens. And we may be able to get uh, Joby Berry here on. He, he got second as well. He's having some technical issues, but hopefully we can get him to jump on here for too long. Well, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for being on. Hey, what's up? Hey, everybody. How are you? Hey, doing good. Doing well, I, I guess we'll, we'll if you guys are watching. With, yeah. <laughs> we'll start with intro. Steve, you've been on a few times, but... Uh, if, if both y'all just, if people don't know who you are, just tell them who you are and how you got into kayak fishing. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. You're the man. Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess it was uh, 2017. We bought two uh, wilderness systems, and uh, me and my teenage kids got out playing in them. I did a couple of uh, Chattanooga Bass Yackers tournaments that summer, and there was a great bunch of guys, had fun. They were telling me about state tournaments you qualify for. They were telling me about Steve Owens, who I had no idea who that was, and Lambert and, and the TVKA. So 
the next year uh, we bought another uh, wilderness systems and I started uh, fishing more of the tournaments and uh, I qualified with the TVKA and the CBY that year for the state and uh, it was in West Tennessee and uh, the rest is history. I just been fishing more and more and more. Nice. And what, what, what do you do whenever you're not fishing? Uh, I'm an operator at a nuclear plant on uh, Chickamauga Lake. Okay, two operators. Huh? I, I used to be a plant operator myself. It wasn't, it wasn't with nukes. It was a uh, gas. But yeah, man, yeah, you must have a big brain there. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, strong back, weak mind. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know about that. Steve, how about you, man? If people don't know, you work 24-7 at work and then doing something with kayak fishing. Tell everybody who you are, man. Uh, yeah, I'm Steve Owens. I direct uh, Tennessee uh, Valley Kayak Anglers on Chickamauga uh, with my buddy Ryan Lambert. And uh, then we uh, I run the uh, Tennessee Bass Nation uh, in Tennessee and, and getting ready to start with Georgia next year. Um, just, uh, I guess it was probably... 2015 14 or 15 uh buddy ryan you know we were fishing out of his little duck boat and uh he had a little girl and he wanted to slide her in with him on some small waters and stuff so he found some kayaks and drove to Asheville and, and bought a, a native X, fx 14 tandem like a canoe slash kayak and he bought him he ended up buying a new one and man we just we just started and and he stumbled into a tournament and uh you know, I was crop pan fishing because, you know, quite honestly, I was like, why go and, you know, get four or five bites when I could go catch, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 crappie of bluegill, you know. So I grew up on Nickajack doing that and we just got into it. And then, then I started directing the, the KBF stuff on Chick and Gunnersville. And then that spun into the Bass Nation National Series for a little while and uh, sidebarred into dugout bait and tackle. And, uh, you know, so I didn't have enough time to do much else with that on i run our pro staff there and i do some purchasing so that keeps me busy plus my regular maintenance job uh and uh so yeah so got then, a lot uh, going on yeah so but you know met ran you know chris he came uh i think it was our second season with tvka i took it over right at the end of the first season and we met and and long story short you know uh, his wife and I have been friends since we were like 14, 15 years old and uh, just super good family and just quickly found out, you know, Chris is just as good as, as all of them and just had a blast with his friendship. And we were asking about his little little buddy Fletcher, his, his young son. Uh, he actually, I don't know if you remember, Drew, at the first TOC uh, um, on Wachita, the little kid running around with the TV cap was his son, so. Yeah, he's, I actually don't uh, he, think I don't. Yeah. I don't think I was at that one. Uh, if yeah. it was a TOC, I was on Wachita for the FLW KBF. Oh, okay, maybe that's what I, I knew you were I at that. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, last year was the first year I started fishing the, the Hobie BOS. Yeah, that's right. You're the guy that came in yeah. and fished three tournaments and ended up, you know, <laughs> just sweeping, just hey, freaking I, awesome run, I've awesome been, run. I've been fishing kind of blacked out ever since, man. But uh, yeah. can't, can't complain. I'll wake up one of these days, and, and in the meantime, I gotta gotta enjoy it while I can. So That's yeah, right. but but his son. I'll just a real quick story. We'll get back yeah. into it. We were at TOC and Fletcher. It was me, 
uh, Lambert, Terry Golden, and Chris, all four from TBKA, made the first TOC together out of 50. We we're pretty proud of that. Oh, yeah. uh, but Fletcher was sitting there with us, and he says, you know, he's my little buddy. And he, he was like, Steve-O, we catch a big – and he stops, and he looks at his hands, and he goes – Big fish, so yeah, we we, we know it's yeah, in his cool. blood. He's he's got it. So yeah. How yeah, old is Flint? How old is he? Uh, he's five now. He he uh he tells some whoppers. <laughs> I, I, I got one that just turned five a couple of weeks ago. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my three. little guy's three. He's three yeah, years right. old, so it's probably about the age that you're talking. You know, about on Wachita. I'm sure Fletcher was about three. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. He, he loves fishing and, and the outdoors, hunting and fishing. That's, that's his uh, deal. That's <laughs> awesome, man. That is awesome. Well, here, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and go down the numbers from the tournament. So it was, a, it was on Lake Chickamauga, a two-day tournament, 100% payback. That's amazing for a, a state tournament. 77 anglers. Uh, day one, the top five from day one, two in the total. Day one was Jay Wallen with nine. Second with 94 and a quarter. Judy in third with 92 and a quarter. Ben Rayfield in third with 90 and three quarter. And Chris, you were in fifth with 90 and a half. Day two obviously got a lot tougher, and we'll definitely talk about that. Chris, you had 89 and a quarter. Brad Golden, one of the, one of the Goldens, 87 and three quarter. Daniel Lyons with 86. Joseph Kirk in fourth with 84 and a quarter. And Gerard, I think I said that right, Johnson with 83 inches. And then total. Chris, you ended up whooping everybody with 179 and three quarter. Joby had 170 and three quarter. Russ with 167 and a half. Jay Wallen, 167 and a half. And Brad Golden with 164. So you ended up winning by nine inches. So, you know, day one, fifth place, came back with the big bag on day two. And, and uh, yeah, day two must have been a much, much tougher day. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and start with. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess we'll start with you, Steve. How did everybody qualify for this tournament with Tennessee Bass Nation? Uh, we had three trail series events. Uh, we we continue on A.J. McWhorter and Jay Wallen's Kentucky Club. Uh, they had a snowball classic on Del Hollow every year. So we, we kind of went right in with our local trail and did the same thing. So we did that at Tennessee Bass Nation. We had a Del Hollow event, a Cherokee event, and then a Pickwick event. Uh, top 20 from each of those, uh, you know, kind of don't like paying going 20 qualifications per event, but in the infancy, we've got to build a field with some numbers to get the communities to take notice and mm -hmm. to help us be able to pay hundred percent, be quite frankly. Um, and then our grassroots series, um, we take the top three from each grassroots series in Tennessee's angler of the year race, and you get a qualification there. So it promotes our grassroots in Tennessee, which is over a hundred every year in our state championship uh, as well. So, uh, and we actually saw by doing this Bass Nation series, every, uh, we've got 11 clubs and cast in Tennessee. Every club had an increase in attendance this year. And our local club on Chick jumped nine anglers per event. So we averaged like 45 an event now. Um, so, that you, you qualify from the, from those two avenues there, the series and then the grassroots. We allowed some to sprinkle in there. So that's a, it's very cool. You that's awesome. Grassroots. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We're going we're yeah. to do the same in Georgia somehow. We're going to do yeah. four, four this coming year in Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, I've gotten some money to put on an angler of the year prize should have a grand, maybe 1500 for an angler of the year title. Uh, we're going to do four events. It'll be your best three. That way, if you qualify any week one, you'll have some incentive to come out and fish the whole mm -hmm. series. So, 
That's awesome, man. Hey, word on the street has it that Steve Owens runs the best, you know, Bass Nation chapters in the country. And I'm telling you what, I've seen how you, you structure it, how you got the, the big checks, the prizes, like everything's so organized. And you're going to bring it to Georgia, too. And, and I, man, I've never fished one, obviously, but everybody that talks about that, you know, Tennessee Bass Nation says the same thing. So the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history, designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Great job on that, man. Appreciate uh, that. Thank yeah. you. And all the people that are helping you with that. Uh, yeah. as well, you said Ryan helps with that, right? Yeah, he and yep. uh, Bethany and Rango and Daniel Davis. There's several other people helping me with some of yeah, this stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's get them shout-outs for sure. That's awesome, Thank man. Well, keep it up because, you know, Bass is, is definitely, uh, you know, in this, and they're, they're excited about kayak. I've had conversations, I know, as you have, mm-hmm. with Jon Stewart and, and Dwayne here recently. They're excited about it. They're pumped about it, you know. It's not as simple as everyone just thinks, you know, you can just make a change like midstream, just all of a sudden change stuff. You got to wait, let the season end, especially after, you know, this COVID affected season we just had. And let's let it all continue to build from the grassroots like you guys are doing and let them make make their changes. And then let's just just keep rolling and stay positive about the whole thing and uh, constructive. You know what I mean? That's what I'm all about, just staying positive and constructive. And I think we're going to have more oper- even more opportunities for all the anglers which which we all win if, if that happens and, and more really good opportunities as well so uh thanks again for your your Thank you. you know part your part in that for sure yeah it seems like what you mentioned that the patience part is always the hardest that's why you know you you're not supposed to pray for patience they say because you know you'll be put in a position to learn it that's right uh, yeah. but but i think with with bass like you know being so big and structured there's the communication can always be better but I have learned to just shut my brain down and watch what happens. And it typically seems to be mostly the right next step. So that's the stance I'm going to take with it. And like you, what you just alluded to, uh, they know what they're doing. Uh, they do listen. And uh, so hopefully we can get some things tweaked and, and cause you know, we need it yeah. to be successful for you guys who are check cashers to have that platform uh, to just quite frankly, help these other sponsors be interested in giving you guys paychecks so that you can do this for a living. Cause you guys work, you know, so hard at doing this. It's not just a hobby. It, there's a passion that ties into an avenue for you all to make a living at this. And, you know, that's part of my job with dugout is, is, you know, is pairing our guys up with these industry people and, and it's working, it's slow, but it's just like I mentioned in ICAST, there's just a, there's a whole new world that they're getting introduced to. And these reps, cause Drew, you, and Dan, yeah. you guys know that these reps are the lifeline and they are so overworked, just like the rest of us, they don't have time to slow down and learn this. So we've got to run alongside them and in a pace car and, and educate them as we go. And so far they've all been really receptive. So I appreciate the thanks for that. And, yeah. and we'll all grow it together. Like it always ends up happening. So. Yeah, for sure, and, man. And let's, talk about this right here talking about checks first i want to i really want to know how you got 100 percent payback but the the checks for this tournament for a state level tournament were awesome first place yeah 
Chris, I, I guess you made the big check with a uh, 2755. Second, Joby Woo. got 1539. And third was 1064. So, yeah, I mean, they, these are almost like are right at national level numbers. So, I mean, uh, congratulations on, on being able yeah. to drum up the support for the trail and, and Chris getting that big check, man. Yeah, that was awesome uh, payout. Uh, everything I've seen that Steve runs is just – it's always going upward, just more people, more talent, more sponsors. Just, I mean, it's just incredible uh, what he does with these tournaments. Yeah, for sure. So how, how, if, if any other states are thinking about putting together a trail series for Bass Nation, they're looking to get on board. What are some things that you can say from doing it in Tennessee and then next year in Georgia? Like what's, what, what's the secret to your success, man? It, it really being flat honest with you, we we always got asked how TVKA was so successful with sponsors and things. It, it's all organic. I mean, it just is. But um, but there there are you know A, B, and Cs to it all. Uh, but it, with the Bass Nation specifically, it does start with the state president. Absolutely, you know, uh, like uh, in Tennessee, Doctor Dave, he's a kayaker now. He's eat up with it. Uh, Georgia, they have a very 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 well structured bass nation um but and those guys all have a full plate so when you go when you approach them uh it needs to be the right person that and doesn't just say hey i want to start a kayak club what do you want me to do you need to already understand what you're doing so like for instance if it were kentucky that whole state needs to communicate with one another and pick someone or committee and then go to them with your structure already. And then they'll look at it and be like, you know, well, this is legit because they don't have time to run it and they're not supposed to, you know, they're supposed to work with us, but sadly, you know, there are a lot of States that just don't have good leadership and that's not a knock. It's just what it is. It's black and white, you know? And so it's going to be a struggle in a lot of States. Yeah. You know, I truly feel just because, the right person may not be going to them with the information the way it needs to be presented because you know you can you can approach and provide anything if you ask it in the right manner you know you don't want to slant questions and uh, but you do need to know what you're talking about doing when you go to them because every state and I do like this every state is different uh, because I don't believe that this needs to be you know uniform across the board in everything. Um, but, but from there, uh, specifically talking about sponsors and being able to have these checks and stuff, uh, you need the angler support, you know, all of our anglers let us use images. So when I'm emailing a sponsor or a city, I take pictures of you guys holding checks and, and good catches and everything. And, and now there's a history of things that I've done and, or we've done and, and it, it's, it helps like here in our community, we have good, good relationship with Dayton. We've got to go with Gunnersville. I've, I've developed them across the state in Tennessee now with other communities. And, and we've got small communities on these bodies of water calling, wanting to know what it takes to cover all the expenses, pay a TD, pay a judge, pay for everything. And they're, they're willing to do it because, you know, we were blessed enough to meet with the new Hobie owners that I cast and, and I was explaining to them, Every Southeast state has a get outdoors initiative that with COVID keeping people away from industries and businesses, they knew recreation would take off and, and they're really interested in that and they have budgets for all of that. So you just have to get in and read and dig and ask questions to, to of other people um, and, and they'll, they'll answer them for you because none of us mind helping. 
So, um, so there's that and you just have the heart to want to do it, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, um, cause I, I can't travel right now, uh, due to my commitments with my job and, and dug out and my family, which I'm blessed to have. Uh, and that sucks. It hurts because, you know, I did make it to TOC with, with three of my best friends and, you know, 10 or 15 of my other best friends in the kayak community. You know, I, I, Marshall and I have been friends for eight years and, you know, Lambert and I have been friends for 15, 16 years and I know Chris for eight or nine. And it's just, it sucks. It hurts my heart bad. And, but, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm here. So let's just take all of that effort and energy and make something where if we can't travel, we have it here and, and they're listening to us. So um, just to you know, reach out, I don't mind helping uh, Drew, very accomplished tournament director. I've talked to him about things and, you know, we all help one another. So uh, that's a long winded answer. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I know. That's, that's, but I always know. go to even a sponsor. Go to them with what you are going to do for them, you know, because they get so impacted, you know, uh, just yeah. bothered all the time. So, yeah, for sure. Um, Chris, is your is your audio on on your computer, or do you have earbuds, or how are you? I'm hearing feedback somewhere. I didn't know if it was from Chris's. No, it was Chris. I had him muted there for a second. Oh, okay, that's all right. Well, if you don't have earbuds, that's fine. Well, whenever we're talking, we'll just mute you, Chris. Okay. And then we'll un unmute you when you're going. I was going to say something real quick on that. So people are listening. They might be interested in starting a, a Bass Nation you know, kayak for their state, right? Mm -hmm. If that's the case, because not every state has one, right, Steve? I mean, has Correct. It. So where would they go to find a list or find this information if their state has one, if it doesn't? I mean, how? where do they go for that right? currently? Uh, being honest with you, yeah. message me and I'll get yeah. you in touch with John. Or, or the first thing I always do is send, I've got it saved in my favorites, a screenshot of all the presidents in each state, uh, which yeah. it's on the internet. You can type in Bassmaster State Presidents and you can just call that person and they'll be able to tell you quickly. So. Right. And then typically <laughs> it sounds like it's somebody who's probably already been running like yeah. a local club in their state who has experience who can obviously put together to present to that president. Here's the plan. And and essentially you're just, I mean, you're going to be like a local hero in your state because you're giving opportunities to like Steve is right to so many anglers. And, and obviously there's opportunities that can come from you as well from being that, that person. But, right. you know, I just think it's uh it's important. They know how to f find out if their state has one or not. And then, you know, hopefully we can get all the states to kind of start, start one up and continue to grow this thing yeah absolutely there you go all right chris well let's go ahead and get into the tournament did you uh did you get to pre-practice any i got one day of uh practice on friday um i'd already made up my mind that i wanted to fish grass and i wanted to be out on the river uh because it's been hot uh it's been hot prior to the tournament i knew they're going to be pulling some water down the river so I, I chose that area to pre-fish and uh, got out there uh, Friday early, uh, fished a little bit of backwater at daylight, and I caught 117 on the, on the spinnerbait uh, pre-fishing. And uh, then I went out on the main lake the rest of the day, uh, came in about 3 o'clock, I guess, and uh, uh, didn't get a whole lot of bites, but I found maybe uh, like four or five areas where I felt like I could get a bite. And uh, I think I, in practice I had 
78, 79 inches, something, something like that. And uh, I shook a few fish off too. I didn't hook everything that bit. And I could also tell that the bite was very subtle. Like you'd pick up and there'd be one on there and you never did feel it bite. So uh, also saw a lot of bass boats coming in and out of these grass beds. So that told me on Chickamauga and Gunnersville where you see the bass boats coming in and out, there's fish there. So um, I took all that in in mind and thought you know i can probably scratch together 80 inches a day out of this area and with a tough bite that might be pretty decent you know with a chance at a big one uh might be a pretty good uh, strategy so that was what i decided to go with uh, saturday morning so is that what you were thinking like 170 would take the win something like that and that, i mean I, summer summer without there hadn't been too much rain so yeah. I knew, I knew uh, with the talent that Steve had put in this thing, I knew there'd be some people in the 90s. Uh, Jay Wallen hitting uh, 97 like he did. Uh, I, I, I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know if he was going to do that again on day two. Um, you know, I, I went with what I thought was going to be best for me for me, which is fishing grass. And uh, that's kind of my strength. So. Gotcha. All right. So day one, you you had a pretty good practice. Got some bites. Think you might catch a big one. Day one, man. Uh, day one, uh, there was uh, three of us uh, fish out of my ramp. And I went to that, uh, the back of that slough where I caught that 17 first. Uh, actually, uh, was back there with uh, Bass and Beers on YouTube. I don't know if you guys know him, uh, Josh yeah. Sharp. He's a yeah. real good guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, we talked before we launched, and we were both cool with fishing back there together. And uh, we actually went underneath the low bridge that boats could, can't get under. Uh, we pulled a Drew Gregory move there. <laughs> went back in there for about yeah. 15 we both went back there for about 15 minutes and we said, no, this, this is not going to work. So we were, we were heading back out and, uh, I wasted pretty much about an hour and a half at, at daylight Saturday morning and, uh, got out on the river. The sun was already up. Uh, that was another thing. Uh, weather underground, uh, said cloudy and rainy all day Saturday. So I, I rigged up for that and, uh, eight o'clock I was putting sunscreen on because it was it was already getting hot and sunny and uh, it it wasn't like I was I thought the weather was gonna be but uh, I fished out there Saturday there was a there was a local uh, CBA tournament going on also uh, those boats were coming in and out of the grass same grass I was fishing um, I just pieced together a limit I think by 10 30 11 o'clock something like that um i had uh i'm wanting to say 79 inches which was about what i thought i was going to pull out of there and uh around 12 30 it started uh clouding up i started hearing thunder at midway usa we know the ar-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern american history Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. 
The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Uh, Steve or somebody sent out a, uh, a warning, a weather warning, and uh, I was checking my radar. There was some serious storms popping up uh, in the area, but they none of them were directly overhead. Uh, where I was at. I actually went back across the river. I had two uh, grassy areas that are on opposite sides of the river. And uh, when uh, I got that weather thing, I actually went back to the side of the river where I had launched from just in case to, you know, it got bad. Yeah. And uh, I fished over there and the storm kind of skirted that area. I did get some wind, occasional, occasional rain, but, uh, there was uh, CBA boats hanging out there fishing out in the very middle of the lake. And I, I stuck in there too and uh, fished while the weather was kind of unsettled there and uh, did not get a bite during that storm. I was thinking maybe this might uh, might be the thing that turns them on, but I did not get a bite during that storm. And then uh, I thought I was going to, end up with 70 i think i had 79 i thought those that was what i was going to have for the day and uh had two points i saved 30 minutes to hit those points on the way back uh the first one i hit was at two o'clock we had to be lines out at 2 30 <laughs> and this is where the story starts getting pretty good oh, this is uh, great it's terrible but it's great <laughs> at two o'clock uh I threw a, a big worm, a 10-inch uh, June bug worm, no no secret weapon on the Tennessee River, uh, up around the dock, and I hooked into uh, about a seven-and-a-half pounder, I guess, 22-and-a-half. Uh, uh, I have a battle with it. First, I'm thinking I got a catfish because it's pulling the boat around, and it comes up and jumps, and... Anyway, I get it in the net and, and get a picture of it, get it sent in, get regrouped, uh, fish around that dock a little bit more, fish around that point. I've got, uh, I think, eight minutes left, and there's another point that's just straight across there. And I thought, well, maybe that storm got them up on that point, too. So I, I hauled butt over there to that point. I thought I got time to make five casts, and I literally, on the fifth cast, the last cast, and I threw out there, one nails it, and uh, I have to horse that one in because I know I've only got a minute, and I horse it in, get it on the board, start snapping pictures, and uh, I had a 229 picture and a 230 picture of it. Wow. Wow. And uh, it was an 18 and three quarters that called a 15 and a half or a 15 three quarters. It was a three inch coal at the buzzer. Dude, so, you, yeah. pulled, you pulled an Ike while, it, while Ike was pulling an Ike on the uh, upper Chesapeake basically <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that 22 called a 15 also. So, I mean, in yeah. the last 30 minutes, uh, I made you a huge move there. And, uh, yeah. It was just meant to be, but the the whole thing that that did it was that storm passing by and starting to clear out. It got those big female fish just uh, out roaming and feeding. 
if it, if the tournament had gone another hour, I don't know what people would have caught because there were other people that caught big fish in the last thirty minutes as well yeah, that, that yeah. we talked to. <laughs> but That's amazing, um, amazing. So so I, that was a real high uh, for Saturday, and I'm I'm on cloud nine. I'm I'm taking my time pedaling back to the ramp um, about thirty minutes from the ramp, I guess. And this ramp is uh, on the opposite side of uh, from Dayton. It's kind of in a rural community, uh, rural area. And uh, this is where the story goes, takes a downturn. Uh -oh. I get back to the ramp and uh, pull my thing up on the, on the ramp and get up there, get in the truck. I'm tired. I'm super happy about these big fish and everything, this coal I made. Don't even look behind the truck, just jump in, pull around by the ramp, put it in reverse, look in my mirror, no trailer there. <laughs> like, Whoa. Where's my trailer? So, uh, yeah, I got jacked at the ramp. I lost my kayak trailer and uh, my light bar on my on the top of my truck. They got it, too. Wow. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, that stinks, man. Was it uh, but, yeah, but, 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 my man. trailer? Or like a high dollar all Malone. the renovations. It was, it was a Malone Microsports. Oh, good trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. But my man here won Fishers of Men in Knoxville that they put on up there in March. <laughs> so in storage, he forgot he's got a Flint, an XI three motor guy, and a brand new trailer. So yeah, got, the insurance money. There yeah. you go, man. That's collect the insurance money. So there's a that's that's what that's what happens when you're a hammer. You yeah, get trailers you forget about just stashed everywhere with with XI three motor guides and the whole nine yards. So. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard anybody that had a backup trailer, yeah, or a motor. Good yeah. problem to have. But dude, hey, you know one thing I want to point out, Chris. You said you caught those two fish. You know, obviously pretty late within the last thirty minutes. And tell me if you guys do this. I I think that anyone we interview probably doesn't do this, but I hear this all the time. Like people are like, well, I just sort of like you know, just left or got off the water early. It just wasn't, it wasn't happening. It's like, dude, I don't Hell know, man. No. At this level, like you never do that. I hear people say that and I'm like, what are you talking about, man? It wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. Like it can happen. I've actually looked at on the Susquehanna on the, the uh, Hobie tournament. I got into them in a school. They were schooling at the heaven Island Smalley's. And, and I looked at my photos and it was about every three minutes. I was able to get a fish in get on the board, picture it, release it, and get another one in, and the next photo of the next fish will be three minutes apart. So you start doing the math. It doesn't take long to get right. If you get on the right school of fish and it snaps and the weather changes, like Chris said, I can't even believe people that – I mean, that's just a lesson I, that I just feel like anyone watching this probably doesn't need to hear this, but I, but I guess some people do. It's like don't ever give up. To me, it's just common sense. You know, it can happen quick. So – Anyway, but uh, that's pretty cool that it, that it happened that way for you. And you did not give up, even though it was kind of a grind, kind of a struggle, pretty hot, probably not feeling it. But then all of a sudden, boom, you just kept your head in the game. And, uh, you know, obviously you got rewarded for it. I always try to say to myself, like, I hear people say, oh, well, you know, oh, they're not biting for me here. They're, it's not going my way. It's not this during the day. You'll talk to them on the water. The story isn't written till the till it lines out. That's, That's right. just a part of the story. The rest of the story could be, well, the morning started out bad, but man, the afternoon was great. Yeah, just like you're saying, yeah, do not give up. Stay focused, visualize, and keep going. 
Yeah, he had another one on day two, the exciting there towards the end of the tournament, you know, you stick another hog, you know, and created drama for me, stress and headache and upset stomach. <laughs> but you know. All right, well, Thanks. let's hear day two, man. Okay. Uh, well, uh, to finish up day one, I called Steve there, told him about my, my situation with the, the trailer, and he automatically sent somebody from dugout over there to, to pick me up, pick up my Hobie, and, and uh, they get me to the meeting. Uh, Steve's got the – the red carpet rolled out at this meeting with the uh, free pizza and drinks for everybody. Everybody's having a blast. So I'm on the phone with the uh, Meigs County uh, police department filing a police report and then uh, uh, getting up on stage with Steve and talking about my day right after that. So that was kind of a, a weird deal there. And then, and then my friend Daniel uh, who uh, helps out with these tournaments, he hooked me up with his backup trailer, which uh, I don't even know the name of it. It's, 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 uh, that's it's actually my old trailer. I got it off of uh, the college, <laughs> college on the mountain, on Raccoon Mountain. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I sold that to him like 10 years ago. It's, it's, it's roadworthy, and I, I appreciate, I appreciate him uh, getting, getting it to me. So I, I used that for day two, and uh, everybody at the meeting was like, are you seriously going back to that ramp? And I'm like, I've got to go back to that ramp. I'm in fifth place. And uh, it's that's Daniel's the only trailer. Who cares, so. Yeah. I told Daniel, I said, they may steal your trailer. He said, I don't care. Go ahead. So, so there I go. I'm the, uh, I'm the only guy at the ramp that morning. And uh, I put it in and uh, go. This time I skipped the backwater deal. Um, I, I just uh, wasted time the day before on that, went straight out on the lake and uh, started fishing the grass. And I noticed uh, there was a patch of eelgrass that had a lot of boats coming in and out early in the morning, and it was a little bit shallower water. And this morning, the weather was not what it's supposed to be either. It was supposed to be 90 and blazing sun, and it turned out to be foggy and cool and just a little breeze. So... I had to come up with something like a moving bait. So I had uh, a Picasso uh, swim jig that I rigged up and a green pumpkin. And I started on that eelgrass, just throwing up on it and winding it off, throwing up on it, winding it off. And I, I started catching fish right away. And I put together a limit, I think, by 8.45 or 9, something like that. I had... Uh, Seven, I had 78, 79, something like that, about what I started with on day one. And uh, kept fishing around and around and around that uh, that patch of grass. There were boats coming in, coming out. I saw I had a guy catch a 5-6 on a buzz bait uh, about uh, 50 yards from me. How many good ones did you have at this point? Like how many that actually mattered? Because, I, I mean, 78, 79 inches could be a bunch had, of fish that don't matter or – or you had I had I had everything that was like uh, I had like uh, two fifteens, two sixteens, and a seventeen. I think something like that. Uh, I did I did catch a seventeen about nine o'clock on a uh, a two. That was uh, uh, I had basically had I rigged up eight rods, but I basically had three baits that I caught my fish on. It was a Texas rig tube, or I was using that for like a finesse bait when I needed to buy it and uh, a big worm, June bug, and uh, that green pumpkin uh, swim jig. 
uh, was my, my three go-tos. And uh, I caught that 17. Uh, then let's see, I fished around for a while. It kind of got pretty slow there for a while. Um, I guess it was about 1230. Uh, I went over close. I went over and fished that dock again where I caught the 22 on day one. And there was a little point that stuck out with some grass on it right there. And I started working that grass and, uh, uh, I throw the big worm out there into some hydrilla that's like seven feet and almost to the top. I uh, get a little nibble jerk, nothing there. Throw right back in there, hits it again and takes it this time. I hook it. It goes down through that hydrilla into the side. So I'm wrapped up in the hydrilla fighting this fish i can tell it's a good one so i go out there and uh get try to get right over it i'm pulling up it's pulling back we're doing the yo-yo thing through the grass for a while a couple times it comes up trying to jump but it can't get up because it's pinned to the bottom and i'm trying to scoop it with a net i can see it's another seven pounder probably and uh, i know it's it's probably going to make all the difference in the tournament and uh i just start trying to calm myself down and take my time and uh, just trying to work at different angles with the boat. I have like a, probably a, it seemed like 10 minute battle with this thing. And it, it finally, uh, it gets, it gets hung up down on the bottom and it's just solid and I can't even feel it anymore. Mm. And I'm, I'm thinking what's the Bassmaster's rule on jumping in and uh, going down here and trying to get this thing. I don't know if you can leave the boat or what, but uh Anyway, I, I finally just got right over it and grabbed my line and started pulling up till I felt like it was about to break. And then I'd give it slack, pull up, give it slack, and this went on and on and on. And I finally ripped all the hydrilla from the bottom, and it came up in a huge clump, and the fish was so exhausted, it was just sitting right there by, beside the clump of hydrilla and just let me scoop it up. Wow. So, Wow. <laughs> so that was that was something that usually does not happen in a tournament. That's uh, usually the one, the big one that gets away. Yeah, it, it was another twenty-two and a half. He had two twenty-two yeah. and a halfs. Dang! So, wow. Yeah, and it was in the same area as the day before. So I texted Steve. I said, "I don't think this is the same fish. It's got a bigger mouth on it. It's got a different uh, lower jaw." And uh, he had me submit the pictures, and I think he had experts look over it, and they said, "Oh yeah, I sent it to four other judges. I had a computer guy do an overlay. I was freaking out. I was like, he's won this tournament, or I'm going to have to DQ my buddy's fish. I mean, oh, it's just man. I'm dying. I'm sick to my stomach. I mean, I spent an hour on this fish just yeah. to make sure, and 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 it without a doubt, you know, was so yeah." Even different days, same tournament, it would still be illegal because it's the same tournament. Correct. Same fish, yeah. yeah. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, 
have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, but like you know, Jay Wallen had 94 and three quarters in 44 minutes on day one. Wow. So, so we're sitting here wondering because where he and Joby were fishing the same waters, um, you know, they're there. You know, they're there. I mean, that's actually, it's a, it's a very unknown spot. And that's, I met Joby there two years ago when I found the spot and uh, introduced ourselves and started fishing it together because he could frog fish and I can't. So, and I can do other things. So we were just learning that together. Um, so we're sitting there and I'm just sitting there freaking out. I'm like, Jay and them have got to be submitting something because Jay, you know, he, he had an okay day. He ended up tying for third with Russ. Russ had him on big bass, Russ Snyder's. Uh, Russ had a really consistent day. Day one was really good for him. But day two, he had a lot of kayak pressure where he was fishing somehow. So, um, you know, that, that made him make about a four mile move that didn't pay off. And, uh, but, but Jay, you know, Jay got a limit of little fish. He got five bites, all of them on a frog, but one. <laughs> um, and then Joby, Joby, he, um, he struggled all day, but he got a limit very early, but it wasn't good. Uh, but he did, he did, he, I've, he'll, he'll tell you guys, there was something about that bite, I think, but he got lucky and got a 19 inch right off the gate and that, that held on to him all day long. So, uh, so, but, but there were a lot of, a lot of good limits caught, you know, but like what you said earlier, Dan, you know, day two did change. Uh, Cause Ryan and I got out in his boat to take some pictures of these guys. And that um, was cool on the water footage too. Oh, dude, we were soaking wet from the fog. We, we could see wow. maybe 10 feet in front of us. So, you know, I'm sitting here and he's driving and I've got my hummingbird app on my phone and I'm like, here's where we need to go. And we're trying to, yeah, it was, it was awful, but uh, we had a blast. Jeez. That was pretty cool to do though. So did you upgrade any more, Chris, or was that the last fish for you? Uh, I, I, ended up, I ended up catching, uh, while I was doing this, uh, submitting different pictures and trying to get my 22 uh, uh, verified and everything, I got up there and I caught, a, I think, a 17 and a quarter mm -hmm. on, uh, on the worm again. And uh, that cold, that was another probably two-inch cold. Yep. And uh, the, like he was talking about, uh, Jay Wallen, uh, I didn't think uh, anybody was going to catch him. And uh, him and uh, Joby, which I don't check tourney eggs a whole lot when I'm fishing. When I submit my fish, I'll look at it. And they weren't turning any fish in. So I'm thinking they're sandbagging their whole thing, and they're just going to blow everybody away at the end. And uh, – I had a, a friend of mine, uh, Casey Starnes. He always sends me updates and stuff. He's he uh, watches everything like a hawk, and he was sending me messages. They're up there videoing Wallen and Joby, and I'm thinking, oh, they must be just wearing out up there. <laughs> they got cameras rolling up there. They they probably got a hundred inches, you know. I, the whole time, I think I'm at best fishing for third place, and uh, I made that call about one. And uh, 
it went dead again. I fished around and around my spots. I had about four four spots I was rotating through, and uh, I kept telling myself, "You're going to get another bite at, at the buzzer like you did yesterday." And sure enough, two twenty nine. One thumps it. I come back. It's another good one, and it just slices through that hydrilla and comes off. Oh. And I'm thinking, man, that that I, I still I still had a sixteen as my small fish, and I, that was probably at least a eighteen or nineteen, maybe bigger. It might have been another twenty something. I don't know, but I'm thinking, well, there went your chance at possibly winning, you know, or making a run at it. And I thought that the whole time until I was on stage and Steve was handing me the trophy. I mean, I. I didn't know what uh, those other guys had that that uh, didn't turn any fish in. Yeah. So so basically, I'm hearing you had three 17 inch fish, and then the 22 and a half, and then maybe one that was like mid 16 something. Mm-hmm. So that, that, had, that's cool. I had uh, 90 and a half the first day, and 89 something the second day. It was. Yeah. I got that kicker bite both days, and I, I, I landed both of them, and that made the whole difference. Well, here's the thing. Your 17s were three-pounders, uh, and mm-hmm. you, you you had probably 24 pounds of fish, you know, each Jeez. day all pretty close to it, you know. Um, yeah, they, they were healthy for sure. Yeah, I can bring, C- I can. yeah, he mentioned CBA boats. That's Chattanooga Bass Association. That's the big club on Lake Chickamauga. That's Kevin Drake, Dylan Fallardo. Cole Sands, um, you know, Buddy Gross, you know, Michael Neal, Andy Morgan, they all come up through there. And, uh, you know, we, so we look, we look and, and we, we catch, you know, most of their anglers. There's a few that hit the 30 pound bags, 30 plus, but a lot of our tournaments are, are right there close to them in weights. So that's something you all know we, we kind of oh, get yeah. proud of. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can actually – I'm going to find it here in a minute. When I do, I'll let you know. I've got the link to weight calculator. I don't know if yeah. you guys have ever okay. looked at Yeah, that. oh, yeah. Yeah, and I used I can, to have it. And I can phone. see what uh, – Well, while he's bringing that up, Chris, can you talk about your tube setup? That's something you'll hear a lot of people throwing down here in the south. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely an underutilized bait. Do you Texas rig it, or is it stupid tube rigged, or how, how do you do it? No, just a Texas rig tube. It's actually a, a craw tube. It's got the little pinchers on the on the side. It's just a, a finesse bait that I use around around grass. Uh, comes through the grass pretty good, and I, I learned more. I fished that area for three days, and I I learned some new stuff every time I got out there, and that was a big key too. I learned uh, the way the the grass laid out, and. Uh, the uh, deeper hydrilla bite was like a midday when the sun was out. That that was when when that was happening. And also, I think I fished slower and more thorough than the people that were coming in and out of there. I, I was I noticed uh, you know how you get your Texas rig down the grass and you pop it loose. Uh, they didn't like the fish didn't like that. They wanted something just slowly, subtly crawling through there. And uh, that was how I was getting my bites. Well, cool. That's I, I know I've never thrown a craw tube before, so a, a solid body, not a hollow body tube, right? It's, it's a hollow body. It's a big. It's oh, a, okay. it's a, a big bite baits makes it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna use Michael Neal stuff, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, good luck on the home pond. Angler home. of the year, Michael Neal. Uh, on, uh, on the home pond there. Yeah, it makes sense. Let's yeah. see if I can pull it up here. Um, do you, all right, so you had a – do you know which what your links were on your fish? Because I can type it in and we can see. Yeah, I think Dan's got it. Yeah, I've Dan, got it right got here. It. Let's see if I can – I'm not a, and this is all just, you know, if your fish are fatter, you know, if it's pre-spawn or your fish happen to be gorged, then you can add a little bit and you can also take away a little bit if they're, they're thin. But, uh, but I, while he's looking that up, I'll ask you another question that I'm curious about, uh, how much eelgrass is on that lake? And I noticed, you know, you said you found a patch of eelgrass. That sounds to me like that was something important that you found something a little different. So is there not a lot of eelgrass on the lake? Is it more hydrilla and other, other kinds of grass? There's a, that was the first eelgrass I've ever fished on Chickamauga Lake. Uh, one of the guys that was fishing there uh, close to me, he said there's quite a bit upriver. I don't know if he means up past Dayton. Uh, I, I, right. It's taken over on Gunnersville Lake. I don't know if you guys go down there or not, but it's it's totally covered with eelgrass now. And yeah. just in the last two years uh, here on my home lake at Nickajack, uh, it started taking over on Nickajack. So it made sense that there was some already uh, on Chickamauga. And I, I would say that it'll probably be even more to come. But... Uh, yeah, that's interesting. That those are downstream in the chain, um, but I mean, it seems like it's moving. It's moving it's up. Grow, it's growing. Somehow it's moving up, or it's just expanding. We've had the right conditions, maybe the, the last several years, and it's just growing well. But I, but I bring that up just because you know, again, I'm trying to pull some juice out of you guys here. Fish love. I mean, bass love. You know, transitions from a kind of a rocky bank to clay, right? That transition, they love it. So you got to think, grass is similar right they like the transition from a certain type of grass to another and if it's something unique and different you know there's a reason why people probably uh you know let's say wealthy people right have the best biggest houses on lake chickamauga on the biggest point with the best view you know humans we all like to have the the, the coolest view the coolest spots and the biggest baddest bass in the lake want to have those best ambush points and something about mixed vegetation or transition between one type or the other rock vegetation doesn't seem to matter. I just thought it was really interesting that you went for something that was, you know, rare in that lake and they happened to be there. So, you know, you were onto something, obviously. Yeah, there were definitely uh, some fish hanging around that eelgrass. Uh, it, it grew all the way to the surface, uh, in a, in a strip up through there. And I, I just went around and around and around it. Um, that uh, that's day two until I got my limit. I knew there was enough fish there to, to get a limit. Mm. And uh, I didn't catch anything big off of it. But like I say, there was a guy caught a five, six just right down from me. So that told me that they were, you know, there were some good fish in the area. Yeah. And that, that was the whole key for me. Uh, I knew I was around fish and I, I could probably scratch out a decent limit. And it was just going to be a matter of getting a big bite and uh getting it in the boat and yeah it, it happened so yeah and it got got you a limit which i'm telling you if you i always love to go try to find limits first you know what i mean unless i'm really confident i'm going to get you know five big ones in my good areas but i'm telling you the confidence that gave you to have that limit quick in the middle of the summer which is the toughest time yeah. you know what i mean to fish that lake probably was it just it probably just set your day off to a whole nother 
I don't know, a whole other level because your confidence is rolling. You already got a limit. You know, you probably are in, in, in check range, you know, so that makes you yeah. feel good. Probably you're close to that. You're, so now you can just go hunt big fish. So that's that's pretty cool that you uh, found that spot to, to get that limit because I'm telling you, I love, I love finding li- quick limit spots first, and it gives me the confidence to really just go after some big ones. Yeah, that's very important in a five-fish tournament, especially in a two-day tournament. Uh, you can ask Steve. I'm a limit man. I'm not – Usually not a big fish man. I'm that guy that's always uh, fourth through eighth place or something like that. And uh, me too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that's just my strategy. The way I fish, I just uh, always go for bites instead of trying to just focus on catching one big fish. But, right. Yeah. It's funny you say that. You were talking about being a limit guy because you know. Uh, Chris, you know, the, obviously I haven't been fishing a long time, so I'm, I love talking to everybody that I can. And, you know, Chris has been fishing quite a while, so we started buddy fishing some. And when we uh, we uh, we both qualified for the TOC out of the Gunnersville event, uh, we actually fished together. And, and, and I was pre-fishing, and I had an area that I like to fish, and, of course, he had his, and there it is. So he, he said about this one area, he said, there's one area in particular I'd like to check out, but I have to work. We're not going to be able to check it. So I was like, hey, okay, I'm already down here. I'll go check it. Well, went and checked it, caught 18 and a half, caught a 17 and a half, saw some good swimmers. So, you know, he and I are talking, so we're going to hit it on day one together. Well, we get there. He gets a limit about four hours, maybe. I get three yeah. fish, maybe four fish. And, and we left it. We were just like, well, let's run down here on the main lake. You know, the, it was hot, hotter than blazes. So so we leave, and I'm sitting here thinking, man, I don't have a limit, you know, because two-day tournaments hadn't clicked for me yet. So mm-hmm. so we go to the check-in, and I'm just like, I'm bummed, and I'm staying, you know, I stay on the road with Riser and Russ at the time. And and so they were like, man, you know, just – they didn't have tournament worth crappy, you know. And so they were like, man, just go tomorrow and do what you did this morning. And – and so I was talking with him, and I was like, man, I said, I just don't know. And he said, well, he said, you know we could get a limit there. And, and although I didn't have a limit, I did lose several fish. So, you know, what he said made sense. So that was just it. We went there that morning, and we waxed them, and, and it was just awesome. So, you know, that one tournament, uh, I don't know if I t- – I think I've told you I, because I say a lot, but, but that one tournament, fishing with him that weekend and getting that limit mentality – after that, you know, I've cashed several checks since, and it was it was and it it's simply because of that what you just said, Drew, and that 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 get that limit first thing. Don't worry about how big they are, just get them, you know. And that's something Jay had told me a long time ago. He was like, he was like, I, I just I can't rest until I get five fish. He said I get that limit, and then I'm just a different fisherman. So yep. So yeah, but but you know he uh, that's a fun part about our little grassroots club is we travel together and. We end up, you know, you know, doing this national stuff, and it, and it pays off together. So yeah, no doubt. I mean, you can think about it. You can adjust uh, on day two day tournaments. I love them because it really allows, like, you know, I think that the more talented anglers to sort of rise to the top, which mm-hmm. is a little bit fairer test. I mean, the PGA Tour is, you know, they're uh, four days, and and obviously Bassmaster Elite's four days. You got, right. you know, every, other examples of you know single person sports, and and they're that for a reason, but. I'll say this, man, the um, getting that limit is Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. 
If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Like on day one, let's say, you can get the limit and if if you go to your next spot to hunt the bigger fish, if you catch if you catch ten or fifteen fish there, or or twenty, you know you really don't need to go back to that first spot to get the limit because you're going to get it at your other spot where you you think your bigger fish are. So you can sort of adjust on the fly as well, and that's that's something I like to do is just adjust. So day one, I feel the best to just get the limit and then fish like a madman because. And I guess I should preface all this for anyone listening. If you don't follow what I do. I don't fish a lot during pre-fishing. I, I honestly don't catch a lot of fish in the area. I just sample, like I always joke around, I sample like a buffet. I just catch like a, a maybe a fish or two and then bail because I don't I don't want to burn up the area because a lot of the places I go are, like you were saying earlier, Chris, they're ducking under, you know, your bridges. They're small. They're tight. They don't have gigantic schools of fish like, you know, whoever, like think whoever likes to catch fish on the ledges there um name any offshore angler that's good at it, but there's schools of hundreds of bass, right? So if they catch five fish uh, pre-fishing, probably not a big deal. If I do, I feel like it is. So I don't really know what I have. So that's why I, I make the adjustment on day two. And maybe I don't go to my limit spot and I just go right where the big ones are, where I feel like they're going to be or where they were on day one, because I got enough bites where I'm not concerned about a limit anymore. So it's kind of like a very fun mystery going into a tournament with, with my style. But uh, anyway, that, that's just a really cool, a cool thing you guys touched on. And, um, and I, I just loved that you found that eelgrass and got those limits. And well, uh, Hey, but I do have your fish, uh, your length of weight calculator up here. And you can tell me if you, you know, what, what you think, but your 22 and a half, it says was uh, about seven pounds. Yeah. Uh, so I think you were thinking maybe it's seven and a half and it could have been, cause that's a big variable, you know, 22 and a half inch fish is a big one. Could, so definitely could have been seven and a half. Uh, then you're 17 and a quarter. And I think I, I hopefully I got this, this right. I don't know what day this was, but um, 17 and a quarter was the fish two that I was looking at. And it was basically three pounds. And then 17 was obviously just a little bit shy of three, 16 and a half, about a little bit more than two and a half, two and three quarters and then 16 at about two and a half two and a quarter, two and a half. So it basically comes out to, you know, you're around like 18 and a half pounds, probably somewhere around there, 18, 18 and a half pounds, uh, maybe 19 if it, if the fish were fat and, and, you know, healthy. So I think that's winning any tournament on that lake. I mean, two days of that in a row is pretty much on bass boat world going to win uh, I mean, anything. I mean, you saw what happened last year when those the elite guys were there in the summer, you know, late summer. They That would have won. Two days like mm-hmm. that would have won. Um, so that's pretty impressive. I, I just like seeing that because we can, yeah. and Steve, really see that we're catching the same size and weight fish that the bass guys are. But you can make the argument, well, it's not really fair comparison because you guys can get back in places the, the boaters can't. But then again, it's it's flip-flops the other way. Well, they can also yeah. zip around yeah, the and, numbers. Milk, and milk run, right? They can go mm-hmm. ten, run 10 miles real fast, and we can't. So it sort of evens out, I feel like. So it's a very fair comparison, man. You're catching like, you know, 20 pounds uh, in the middle of the summer, which is going to win like anywhere. Yeah. So that's awesome. 
Well, cool. Well, we sure do appreciate y'all being on. It's been an hour. We don't want to take up too yeah. much of your time. Yeah. Uh, and we always give everybody that's on a chance to shout out. Uh, we'll start with you, Steve. Anybody? I, I know you got people that help you out. Anybody that makes fishing easier for you, brother? Yeah, man. I, I want to thank my wife, Jordan. She's super cool, man. She's supportive of all of this and, and helps right. me, helps me, uh, uh, helps me, you know, with all of the stuff and the personalities that we deal with in all of this. So uh, actually coming up with an LLC for my stuff because I have so much money come through my PayPal and think it may end up being like angler management or something. She said, that's what y'all need some anger angler management. So, but anyway, uh, and then, and then, you know, Bethany Arango with this, this tournament, especially is a good friend of ours and, and she's very organized and can judge fish really good. And so she, she helped with a lot of this and, you know, the city of Dayton, John Bamber's, a chamber up there runs fishdating.com um you know dugout bait and tackle uh cigar spro uh, newport vessels stepped in in a big way and gave us a motor to raffle off and ended up having 60 people come to the check-in on day two which with no food which is usually everybody's gone unless you're going to be in the money you know and kayak cushion gave us the cool cushion for him yeah. And so, uh, you know, Tremont Tavern, you know, they covered our food bill and, and the whole nine yards, beer, the whole nine, everything. It was just wow. really, really spectacular. You know, a lot of hands went into it and uh, just want to thank everybody for that. And then all the anglers, you know, I'm going to say it again. I say it all the time. Tournaments are only as good as the people who are in them. And we had nearly we had, you know, nearly everything go exactly like it needed to. I had very little, very little things that I had to deal with. So thank you. Thank all of y'all for fishing clean and fishing good and having integrity. So. Heck yeah, man. How about you, brother? I definitely got to thank my family for letting me uh, go fish, which I, I, I don't fish. Uh, I fish maybe two or three days a month. I mean, it's not like I'm going all Drew Gregory on them. going, uh, <laughs> <laughs> three three weeks a month or something but true lives um, out of current yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't fish that much uh, really at all but anyway I'm, but they're I'm yeah they're they're uh very supportive of, of everything i do and uh the the sponsors that we have that steve has has got uh for our local club and all of his tournaments are just awesome uh we've also got a hog farmer we got driftwood swim baits uh, Hennessy Outdoors, uh, just some great uh, local people that are uh, uh, wanting to get involved with, with our club. So, hey, and Picasso Lures because Picasso gives us the first out of the money prize pack, and he's uh, one uh, of about six of them this year. Yeah, fourth place, man, right there. <laughs> I'm notorious for uh, fourth place and winning the raffle. <laughs> well, not it, not anymore, buddy. Not anymore. Right. So, uh, <laughs> hey, state for a whole year. <laughs> uh, hey, real quick, w- one last quick question. But before Dan cuts a plug, you know, I'm always trying to get as much as I can. I forgot to ask: Do you were you using fluoro braid when you're throwing that ten inch worm in that tube? Uh, the tube I was throwing on fourteen uh, fluorocarbon, and the uh, the big worm was seventeen fluorocarbon, and uh, that was what I dug that one out of the hydrilla with was 17. I mean, it was, it was touch and go. It was touch and go. It could have went either way. And, and, uh, I actually broke one off the very same situation on Gunnersville in the Georgia bass, uh, tournament down there that was seven or eight pounder. And that, 
was the downfall of me in that one. So I remembered that and I took my time this time and I got him out of there. All right, floor. All right, cool, man. Well, that's one last piece of juice we got out of you guys. And uh, for your for your grass fishing setup, I, I go 17 for sure. Of course, you know me, Dan. I just throw a straight braid on everything. And, and, and I just – all braid and all moving baits. I don't slow down. But anyway. Um, he was probably throwing, you were probably throwing braid on a swim jig though, right? Or fluoro. Uh, I actually had it on 20-pound fluoro. The, the water color was, where I was at was really clear. And I don't think I could have got away with straight braid, uh, maybe in the very thickest grass, but I'm, the bite was very finicky. There was a lot of boat pressure, and I yeah, I had to do what I had to do. Yeah, why risk it? Yeah. Steve throws, Steve throws 10 in the hydrilla. So. I throw 10 and 12 most <laughs> all the time, yeah. yeah. That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all guys, and uh, Steve, keep up the good work, and Chris. I'm sure we'll have you on again for too long. Congrats again on the on the championship. All right. Thank you, guys. It was great talking to you. Congrats, Thanks. guys. Thanks again. Thank you all. See you. See you. All right, Drew, you want to hang around for this, or you want to let you go get back with your family? I mean, you know, it doesn't take long to reel off this stuff, I don't think, does it? I mean, no, here how, many, how many tournaments you got? There's a lot, but I'll, I'll, I'll go quick. As yeah, quick as I can. I'm sorry if I misspell your name, mispronounce your name. As always, I'm from Mississippi. Blame their school systems. Uh, first, it was <laughs> kicking bass for troops, socks and cookies. Uh, midweek shootout, 58 anglers, three fish limit. Danny Bowen in first with 58 and a half. Parker Carnes with 57 and a quarter. And Tim Gurley with 55 and three quarter. Uh, kayak, fish, kayak bass fish in Tennessee. Night tournament on Old Hickory out in Nashville. 29 anglers, three fish limit, Paris Edwards with 50 and a half, Bit Barrage with 49 and a half, and Adam Riser, 46 and a half. Uh, Kayak Store Online Battle Round Two by Burley Pro. Uh, this was a perch tournament that this Jimmy threw us in here. He gave me these. Uh, 43 <laughs> anglers, five fish limit, uh, Goran Nagard with 200 centimeters. Uh, Alvin Falk would win. I don't even know what centimeters are. We're, we're going to skip that one. If you, catch perch, if you catch perch, man, get your life right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> up, <laughs> upper Chesapeake Bay, Ike, number one, 40 anglers, small field, but uh, but obviously a really good field. Uh, Sterling Leach in second with 86 and a half. Greg Harper with 78 inches. Uh, only 80 fish caught. And only top five had a limit. So really tough. And very like tough. Was saying, go back and listen to a KBN episode where they talked Ike. A lot of people can say a lot of things about Ike, about him maybe being the face or whatever. But I got to say, listening to him on that, it really, he put in a, so much effort. Oh, yeah. Really felt proud about it. So you can say whatever, but anybody that puts in that much effort to try and win a tournament, to, try to come over here and play with us 100 100 yeah i'll say i'll chime in just say the same thing look you know it wasn't the the best showing in terms of numbers that 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 bass or hobie or kbf or anybody's ever done you know maybe it was the the fishery or the time of the year people uh, you know the the hobie event was right before and yeah. and there's an angler of the year race going on in hobie and kbf and, and bass doesn't have one so someone like me had already qualified for the 2022 so and I didn't want to take another week away from the family. So I'm sure other people were in similar boats, but either way, it's not Ike's fault. You know what I mean? Like if 40 people show up, that's not his fault. He shows up on his home turf and held home court 
uh, you know, like like I expected him to do, and, and he did. And he still yeah, a great limit that probably would have won if there were to been a hundred people in it. So you you can't blame him for that. It's kind of like if uh, an NFL team plays the the Patriots and and the week or not Patriots the the Bucks now, and Tom Brady gets hurt you know, the week before and he's not playing that game, it's it's still a win for the team that played them. And it's not their fault that, that Brady got hurt and, and put, couldn't play. So he did what he had to do. Uh, you know, w- was it the strongest field of kayak angles we've ever seen? You know, probably not. Uh, you know, obviously, if you look at some of the power rankings, KB and other groups that, that do power rankings or look at even the current money list that uh, yeah. I've got going with that fantasy game, not a lot of the top guys, you know, that are winning currently – on the money list we're in it but it doesn't matter it's not my that's obviously out of his control he won the thing you know and it's it's just it's great i think it's great because he's got to reach uh that we don't have the bass boat anglers and he's he's bringing yeah he's bringing more of those guys our direction and then we'll grow from and we'll meet in the middle we'll grow from our side he we you know he helps kind of grow from the bass boat side just gets more people into the kayak fishing side in general and we all win. Um, you know, if, if you're afraid or scared of more good anglers getting in this, then, you know, maybe maybe the upper level stuff's, you know, not for you. And that that's OK. It's not for everybody at all. Uh, and that's why we're going over these local club stuff here. But you got to start somewhere. So we'll continue on with the local stuff. But that's my thoughts about um, just brief thoughts about the Ike thing. And maybe yeah. maybe we can get them on Paddle and Fin Network uh, at some point and talk about it. Yeah, we'll do it. Um then we had the Ontario Bass Nation, the Adair Kayak Bassmaster Championship. They were on Cooks Bay, Lake Simcoe, uh, 40 anglers, five fish limit. Total was uh, first place was Antoine Gagnon with one, 156 inches, uh, Matthew Hayen with 148 and three quarter, and Brian Arnold in third with 115 and three quarter. So from second to third, 148 to 115, giant jump. That was a two day tournament, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kayak Anglers, the Laurel Highlands, Angler of the Year, number three. They were on Yacht River and Smithtown, PA. Uh, Tyler Rupert with 50 and three-quarter. Jeffrey Rabbit with 50 inches even. And Coy Scott in third with 48 and a quarter. And then All-American Kayak Series, they were on Mass and Chain up in Wisconsin. 26 Anglers, five fish limit. First was Jeff Thompson, 86 inches. Matt Hines with 84 and a half. And Joe Hayes with 84 and a quarter. Central Carolina Kayak Fishing, they were on Jordan Lake, number one ranked lake in the country. Uh, 41 anglers, five fish limit. Brian Tuskoskalis, I'm sorry, I, I know you're from Greece. Greek, that's all, Greece, that's all I know. <laughs> 99 inches. Lake Woo. Jordan, Jordan middle, Lake. Jordan middle of the summer. Jeez. Yeah. Jacob Miles, 94 inches. And Nick, my boy Nick Huddleston with 77 inches. Uh Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The Oklahoma Kayak Anglers, they were on Carl Blackwell, uh, out in, obviously, Oklahoma. Jason Ray with 82 and a half. Chris, a lot of people winning with some crazy names this week. Caboiza with 80 and three quarter. I'm not, my name's Perry. It's lame. Yeah. You, you got a fun name, Caboiza. 
Michael Gal- Galbraith with 67 and a quarter. Uh, again, only top five had a limit. 76 fish caught total out of 47 guys. So really tough. It's a summer. Uh, Indiana mm-hmm. Kayak Anglers, White River. Jim Moore with 86 and a half won that one. Josh Krichenko with 84 and a quarter. And Josh Wood Robbins with 82 and a half. Uh, Moyak, they were on, had their river series. Central region of Moyak, because they have a few different ones. Lance Burris won that one. That guy wins everything out there with 90, 89 and a half, almost nine inches ahead of second place. Matt Kiefer, sponsored by Shelter Hats, which are cool. I'm just throwing that out there. It's funny. He's sponsored by Shelter Hats, and like the only person I know who's sponsored by him is always wearing them. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, 80 and and three quarter, and Garrett Reed in third with 79 inches. Big mouth shootout. And Lafayette, Louisiana, 33 anglers, three fish limit, uh, plus a trash fish. You can have a fourth fish, and it could have been a trash fish. So that's interesting. That's Josh cool. Duffel, yeah, Josh Duffel, 59 inches. He's the only angler that had the fourth fish. So there you go. Uh, yeah, Butch, helps. Yeah, Rigidell with 47 inches, and he tied with third Steve Lissard, 47 anglers as well. Uh, Colorado kayak fishing, uh, they were on Lake George. 36 anglers, multi-species. We'll just first place Paul Roth with 112. SoCal kayak anglers, big brass ball, big bass brawl. Uh, San Diego, uh, first place Ryan Michael with 23 and three quarter. One fish limit. because oh, One food. fish, yeah. Yeah, 23 and three quarter. Wow. Nice. Uh, Stephen Millard with 22 and three quarter and Brian Lepke with 22 inches. So, yeah. Of San Diego putting out some big fish. Uh, and then last but not least, Lady Slayers Online Series. Shouting out the ladies. Uh, Victoria Quirk won that one with 101 and a quarter. So there. Summer, but it's always a lot of tournaments this time of year. But yeah, cool. Oh, well, yeah. thank you for having me on tonight. Yeah, Maybe buddy. Be back again next week at your regular scheduled time. Uh, That's right. Hey, Ed, real quick, is your show up and going? I haven't even paid attention. Yeah, we had, we had the show. first one. It was just all about knots. Just really okay. dove deep into some really yeah stuff. But that's that's kind of what I wanted the show to be. All like we're going to talk about tides. We're going to talk about. We're going to have that show. We're we're going to talk about kayak rods. Yeah, like on sure. KBN, I know you have a very specific uh, thought on kayak rods. Like right. Ike Nelly, I thought that was really interesting in his interview he was saying that for kayak and he goes to longer rods i guess yeah. because you have uh you get a little bit better hook set with a longer rod that's what know, i do more leverage so that, I yeah i do i do that longer rod seven six is what I, if i'm in open water on a lake i'd be throwing a seven six uh, obviously i've got creek and river rods that are shorter too if you're doing a little tight little stuff yeah. like that but but anyway yeah seven six is the way to go man you can think about it you can either paddle over that to be able to hit that rock if you need another 15 yards to to paddle where you can reach it with a cast yeah. or you can get a seven foot six rod and never have to make that little bit, bit of paddle to go over there and then paddle back up zigzag the other way to go hit that that rock over there now you can hit them both you know with one rod and just keep moving straight and and hit it on obviously every times you gotta yeah. zig and zag but you get the point you're, you're gonna be able to reach a larger swath of of uh structure and stuff potentially 
with that plus get the the little bit better hook set and leverage on when you're on a boat that moves and yeah. i go the extra mile and use straight braids so i got no stretch which helps even further but yeah. anyway but yeah I, let's, I let's wish, do that i wish they would have dove in with that with them a little bit more oh longer rods like which uh, is it across the whole spectrum of rods like, right hey, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's true. Seven about seven foot. I will go for spinning rod seven one, and, and my baitcasters are seven six. But we'll do that show one day. Cool. I'm pumped. You guys listening here, go go check out Dan's show, uh, the Advanced Angler. It's it's sounds like it's a good one. That knot one actually sounds really good because I, I need to learn a few more knots myself. I'm kind of boring when it comes to knots, so I need to get over there and listen to that episode. It's one of those good things in the winter. You just you know, like last year, I went to Double San Diego Jam and. I, for my fluoro knot, I've been so happy with that. Just, you know, you have some off time, try to take the time on a Saturday. You're just hanging out, you know, you're sitting there watching TV. Just learn that FG or learn whatever yeah. knot it is you want to get into. Yeah, the winter's coming. So listen to that. That's up. right. Football season's coming. Winter's coming. So just grab some lines, sit there and watch a game, there tie some knots. So, all, cool. right. all right, man. Yeah, Thanks. appreciate it, man. I'll see you for too long and everybody be good. And uh, yeah, stay out. Stay safe out there and, and wear, your, uh, wear your PFDs. Thanks, everybody. All right. See you. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle in Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.